One of the books that was handed to me a number of years back was a book by Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking is a brilliant man, a British physicist. More recently, I found this quote from him. I regard the brain as a computer which will stop working when its components fail. There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That is a fairy story for people who are afraid of the dark. Now, I've read some of Stephen Hawking's works. He is indeed a brilliant man. But when we come to a statement like this, we have to ask ourselves, is he right? Is there no life after life? Is this that we are experiencing right now all that there is? And when it's over, like a broken down computer, we just stop running. Is heaven something that we have created in our minds because we're afraid of the dark? We need to answer those questions. We need to wrestle with those questions. And so today, we begin a journey of discovery, I guess we could say. Now, there's no way we can fathom the depths of the afterlife, of heaven, of hell. There's no way that we can cover it all. But at the very least, we want to dip our toe in to whet our appetites to discover what God has to say. And so we'll spend this month considering what is on the other side of this life and why it matters for every man, woman, and child on this planet. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have something to say to us today and we're ready to listen. We want to hear what you have to say and we want to be changed by it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think is going to happen to you when you die? Uh, there's nothing left. <laughs> Everything is tied with me. With my body. Do right and you will go to heaven. Do bad and you'll go to hell. <laughs> probably go to hell. Why do you think, why do you say that? Because I haven't got my life together. So, that's why. So you believe in heaven and hell then? Yes, I do. And what are your beliefs? What do you think is going to happen to you when you die? I'm going to try my best to make it to heaven. I'm going to try to get my life right before I die. Man, I got no idea. I probably go to the afterworld or something somewhere, which is a very happy place. If I do behave well now, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my brain will stop functioning, my heart will stop beating, and I will decompose like any other animal there is. And uh, everything about me is physical, so when I die, I'm going to die like any other physical animal. I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hell because I'm an alcoholic and I do a lot of crazy stuff, you know? So I'm going to hell pretty much. I'll be lucky if I go to heaven, but I don't think it's going to happen unless I change my behavior, you know, but I don't see that happening. When I die, I'm going to heaven. And what about you? What's going to happen to you when you die? Well, when I die, I'll be going to heaven because I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, so I'll be going to heaven when I die. My physical body will no longer exist, but my spirit will still exist. Exist in what way? 
some kind of unseen presence. So there's like a bunch of unseen presences oh, yeah, going around. Oh yeah, people all the time. Yeah, I feel like they're 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 um, up there. Like my sister, I talk to her all the time. Relatives who have deceased. Yeah. Don't care. Why don't you care? I'm atheist. I don't care. <laughs> so being atheist, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? I don't know yet, but I don't care. I don't know. I try not to think about it. Uh, I don't know really. I don't know. I don't know. A recent poll back in 2008 conducted by Pew Research indicated that 74% of Americans believe in heaven. 59% believe in hell. They also reported that 70% of Americans believe that there are many roads to eternal life. That really didn't surprise me, any of those statistics. But this last one did. 57% of professing evangelical Christians believe that there are many ways to eternal life. That means that many people who are actively involved in the life of a church, who have made a personal decision, a personal faith decision for Jesus Christ, who may be involved in Bible studies, who may have a personal prayer life, somehow believe that there are many ways in order to get to God. I did a quick bit of research this week. Um, I ran a, a search for the term heaven on Amazon's book site. Got 29,000 particular titles. Now, some of those, I'm sure, were duplicates and different editions and various formats. But obviously, with 29,000 responses back, there's a fascination, an interest and what happens after a person dies. One recent example of this is the book, Heaven is for Real, the little boy's astounding story of his trip to heaven and back. Now, I'll admit up front that I haven't read the book, and just to give you some insight into my personality, when I see books like this, I am extraordinarily skeptical. That isn't to say that this little boy who died did not go to heaven, or did not have some kind of vision of heaven. Believe me, God can do whatever he wants, and God can do that. So it's not outside the realm of possibility. But what I have did notice is that there have been 1.5 million copies of this book sold. And that this uh, young man, Colton Burpo, and his family have been on international television worldwide. And that tells me something. That tells me that people are intensely interested in what happens when this life is over. Now, my objective this morning is not to give you a book review, especially since I haven't read the book. My intent this morning is to share with you what this book says about life after life, not conjecture, not wishing, not something made up on the fly, not something given to me in a dream or vision. But what this book has to say, I guess it's not surprising that so many people are interested in the afterlife. After all, ever since the Garden of Eden, death, death 
is a certainty for all of us. Here's some of what God's word says in Psalm 90, verse 10. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they pass quickly and we fly away. The length of our days, 70, 80 years, but they pass so quickly. Hebrews 9, 27 reminds us, man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Romans 14, 10 tells us, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. We read verses like that, and we may not want to deal with them, but something inside of us stirs and says this is true. What is that thing inside of us that is stirring and confirming this? Well, Ecclesiastes three, eleven says that he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. There's something that God has planted inside of us that tells us this is not all there is. Now, I want to begin by giving you four truths that we can pull from these passages. Simple truths. Nothing complicated. No rocket science here. Simple truths that we can pull straight out of those verses that we read that we need to see as a unit. And the first truth is this. Unless we're caught up to heaven, we all face a date with death. Now, we can argue over the where's and how's of a rapture, okay? But unless God snatches us up first, we're all going to die. It's simple. It's straightforward. I don't have to convince you of that. You've been to enough funerals to understand. The second truth is this. We die only once. It's appointed for a man to die once and then the face of judgment. We don't get a do-over. You, you know that I play golf occasionally. And I don't play for money because I'm really not any good. I just don't want to lose my money. I'm cheap, okay? So I don't bet. And I definitely don't bet with Jay now because he'd, he'd take me to the bank every time. I play for fun. And a lot of times when you're out playing for fun and the score really doesn't matter, your opponent or your friend, in that case, will, will offer, just go ahead and take a mulligan, probably hoping that you will say that to him on the next hole when he knocks his into the woods. A mulligan is a do-over, and that is don't count that one. It didn't go where you wanted to. There's no need to wade down into the swamp or go out into the woods and find that. We don't have time for that. Just take, just take another one. The Bible says that's not the way life works. Now, there's, there are major world religions, Hinduism being the, the largest of them, that teach you get a do-over. You get to try again. If you die and you don't get it right, you get, to, you get recycled. You go start over. You may not start as a human being. You may start as an animal. But the whole point is to work your way out of this existence into nirvana until you don't have to do this thing anymore. There's a whole system set up for that. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die how many times? Once. Third truth is this. After death, we will face God's judgment. 
And we can talk about the timing of that. Does it happen instantaneously? Does it happen at some point in the future? Let's not worry about that right now. We can wrestle with that later. But what we're told is, die, face judgment. Die, face judgment. We don't want to miss that point. We can argue the intricacies, but don't miss that point. And the fourth truth is this. We have an inner knowledge. And I put that in quotes because knowledge is not the right word. An inner knowing probably would be a better word. We have an inner knowing of eternity, but much of what awaits us is beyond our knowing. That's what we were told in Ecclesiastes 3. Eternity is in our hearts. We, we know it exists, but we don't have all the facts. And that, friends, that is what is so fascinating, I guess, about what happens after death. Because we don't have all the answers. We have glimpses. We have a peek behind the curtain. We have descriptions in human words of something that, are, that is beyond description. We don't really know. And that's why a million and a half people will buy a book about a little boy's trip to heaven. Because they want desperately to know what's behind the curtain on the other side of the threshold. Now, these four truths that I've just shared with you are not drawn from a survey of world religions. They don't come from a survey of Americans. And they don't come from the account of a young boy who saw heaven. They come from God's revealed word, the Bible. God's revelation of himself and his will. And the reason I tell you this this morning is because over the course of the next few Sundays, we're going to talk about heaven and hell. The next two weeks, we're going to focus on heaven. The following two, the last two weeks of October, we're going to focus on hell. But when we do so, we may pull out a poll of what Americans believe. We may reference what other faiths believe, but we're going to focus on what God has revealed to us. Because that, folks, is what we can hold on to. And my prayer during the course of this series will be that I can communicate clearly in so brief a time and that God will bring understanding to all of our hearts as to his truth. Now, why is it important that we consider this? Why do we need to take time to think about heaven and hell? And the reason is because we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. I want to share with you what some of your choices could be today. And then on your own time, I want you to go back and figure out which is which. First choice you can make is this. You can deny eternity exists. You can deny eternity exists. People do it all the time. You can choose to live for this life and this life alone. You can be like Stephen Hawking and think, 
When this life is over, it's like a broken down computer. It just stops running and it's all done. My life is complete. There's nothing else that's going to happen. No conscience, no spirit, nothing. It's all done. Now, if you choose to live this way, what you're saying is, I can live this life and I'm, I'm not accountable to any greater being. There's not an eternity, therefore there's not a judgment. Therefore, I can live my life based on my terms. I can create my rules. I can do it my way. That's what you're saying. If that is your choice, you can deny eternity exists. The second choice you have is you can redefine eternity. You can redefine it. You can make heaven an open door that accepts anyone and everyone regardless of what they believe or what they do. Heaven can be a wide open door. You can make eternity if you want to be. You can make heaven a place where all good dogs and cats and people go when they die. But there's a closed sign to murderers and people who drive too slow in the fast lane. Other than that, everybody's in. Anybody who's, who's, who's got a, a slight bit of good in them is going to make it. They're going to get there. Or you, you can make life a series of do-overs, a series of, of mulligans. I can keep hitting the shot until it finally goes into the hole. You can make up anything you want to about eternity because people do it all the time. And if you do this, you're counting on your version of eternity to be close enough to the real thing that you get in. Or that you get to do it over. You're counting on your version of eternity to be close enough. A third choice you can make is this. You can choose to ignore eternity. You can acknowledge that there's something out there, but you can live as if it doesn't matter. You can believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and yet you can choose never to contemplate the reality of eternity. What it means for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, and for everyone in the world. People do it all the time, even in church. But ignoring eternity doesn't change reality. Because the fact exists that one day you will step over the threshold into the very eternity you ignore. So we've got three choices so far, right? You can deny Eternity exists, you can redefine it to make it be what you want it to be, or you, you can ignore it. Just not think about it. A lot of people in the video you saw just didn't think about it. Don't want to think about it. It's kind of disturbing. Don't want to think about it. Folks, I want to tell you there's another choice. There's another choice. You can live in light 
of that eternity. You can live in light of that eternity. You can be willing to ask the deep questions of what happens after I die. You can ponder the glories of heaven and consider the horrors of hell. And the Bible says, without abridging the sovereignty of God, that you have the responsibility to choose whether you will enjoy eternity or endure eternity. Heaven or hell. Now, I don't quote rodents very often. I may have quoted Mickey Mouse. But I'm about to quote a rodent that I'm not sure whether it's a hamster or a gerbil or a lab rat. If you've watched any sporting events or news channels, you've seen those large hamster rat gerbils driving a Kia. And the song in the back says, you can get with this or you can get with that. Now, I'm not going to attempt to sing it because I don't want to put those critters to shame. But I'm here to tell you that this word says the same thing. You can get with this or you can get with that. But as those rodents said, get with this, because this is where it's at. 